0: Hey guys, welcome to Admit 3 where we discuss all things movies, media, and television. I'm Laura. I'm
1: Kurt. I'm Rob.
0: Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back everybody. Today we'll be discussing M. Night Shyamalan's Knock at the Cabin, an apocalyptic horror thriller based on the acclaimed novel The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul Tremblay. The film centers around a seven-year-old girl named Wen and her two fathers, Eric and Andrew, who are vacationing at a remote cabin when four mysterious strangers show up and present them with a nightmarish scenario. Sacrifice one of your own or the whole world comes to an end. Knock at the Cabin's marketing has suggested that the film will keep you guessing until the very end. So fair warning, we'll be chatting about spoilers from both the movie and the book. Kurt, you're the one who introduced me to the book, and I know you were really looking forward to seeing what M. Night did with the source material. What do you think of the movie? I
1: liked it. I thought it was solid enough for the most part. Um, I don't really, I don't want to get into what I, the changes that I didn't like, until we go around the table and get you know a quick reaction. There. But I... I liked it enough. I thought it was solid, easy-breezy. We'll cover. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I thought the cast was great. It's a, it's a pretty small cast. and uh, Every performer was great. I think Batista gets another chance to shine and add another sort of performance to his... Uh, to his tool belt. It's <laughs> 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 to him, to him, the tool man sailor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's great. He was great in uh, Glass Onion, and yeah. he, he's great here. Uh, Jonathan Groff, who plays one of the fathers, is uh, really tremendous in a show on Netflix called Mindhunters. I don't know if you've seen that, but he's he's great there. He's great again here. Um, and Rupert Grant, as uh, one of the intruders, is very good. I think he's continued to make interesting choices post-Harry Potter. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was... Pretty solid, nothing, you know, special, not great, not Mm. bad, just straight down the middle for me. What did you guys think? Um, I want to preface everything I say. Uh, I don't know if you already covered this, Laura, but I'm the only one who hasn't actually read the book. You two have read the book, so I can't say how much it stays true to the source material or not. Um, I thought the performances in the movie were all really good. I don't have any complaints about any of the performances, um... The one of the downsides to the movie for me, for me at least is that it's so like secluded in terms of like the set. Yeah. Like it's all basically shot in one you know small area, which it can work for movies, but in this one it just kind of felt like it got stale after a little bit. Um, I like the idea, like the premise of the you know the book and the movie. It's very cool, very interesting. Um, like you said, Dave Batista, I was really impressed by because normally. Guardians of the Galaxy, he plays like a more comedic role, and even yeah. Last in it's kind of a more like comedic relief yeah. type role, and he does those very well. But this was a much more serious role, And I think he yeah. he really took the uh, the lead in this one. Not that everybody else didn't do a great job because they did, but I think his performance kind of was like an outlier to me. Yeah, for sure, it was it was nuanced. He was in Blade Runner twenty forty nine within a very small role. But it was a more dramatic sort of role than we're used to seeing from him. But here, you know, it's a big performance. He's the top build actor in the movie. Yeah. And I I thought he was great. Like I said, it's nuanced. It's he's he's got to be menacing and intimidating. Right. But he also uh has almost this childlike quality where he's very uh there are scenes with him and Wynn where they're catching grasshoppers. Right. He's just very good at relating to children and being soft mm-hmm. and kind also. And I think he balances the two very well. Yeah. What did you think of the movie, Laura?
0: Um, I was actually pleasantly surprised for like the first three quarters of the movie. Mm-hmm. It pretty much stayed true to... Um, the source material as yeah. you guys are telling <laughs> like yeah. it um, to the book so I was really happy about that um, I just wish that they stayed true all the way to the end because I feel like if they were to stay true mm-hmm. to what happened in the book it would have had more of an impact yeah. on everybody than what actually occurred I mean it's you still get the impact from
1: Mm-hmm.
0: one of the fathers dying but yeah. it would have been crazy yeah
1: I, I agree uh i i was actually surprised how faithful it is to an yeah. extent because mm-hmm. i would say 85 percent of the movie is faithful to the novel yeah but uh spoilers again for the novel uh there's a scene in the movie where they're kind of fighting over the gun and in the novel during that scene when the little girl um get shot and she's yeah she she, she, yeah, she, she dies and it's very emotional and her death impacts the rest of the novel all the way through to mm-hmm. the ending yeah and uh that doesn't happen here in fact in the novel the ending is very ambiguous you don't Right. Really know it doesn't if this give you. uh yeah. It doesn't
0: like wrap it up for you at the end. Yeah. You there's don't know no whether, whether the apocalypse was actually going to happen or mm. anything like that.
1: And in this, it's definitively right. The world. These people were right. The world is ending. Yeah. And making uh, that
0: sacrifice saved the world. Yeah. Exactly. But in the book, it's <laughs> not like that because they had lost. When in an accident, and it didn't count towards saving yeah. everyone from the apocalypse because they didn't choose to sacrifice mm-hmm. her, it just happened on accident. So, Eric and Andrew end up leaving after everybody else is dead, and yeah. they basically don't care what happens to everybody. Yeah, their else. world was already yeah. over. Yeah, their world was already over because they lost their most precious
1: thing. Yeah. And I understand the need to make the ending a little more mainstream, I guess. This is, you know, a mainstream Wrap picture. it up a little better than just yeah. leave it. Leave it. <laughs> uh, but I do think... I, I was thinking about the ending of the book for a long time after reading it. And this ending... Well, it's, it's fine. It's not a bad ending. It's just it doesn't have the same impact for me. Right. Rob, yeah. as someone who didn't read the book, what did you think of the ending? Um... I actually mentioned after the movie when we were kind of briefly going over it that I wish it was more ambiguous because the ending that they do have in the movie where they're kind of like driving off into the, the sunset. and Yeah. It's like kind of, it's very cliche and there's, there's not necessarily a problem with that. I mean, everybody loves a happy ending, right? But I would have liked it more if, I love when movies leave it up to the watcher, the viewer, to like decide
0: yeah.
1: yeah draw your own conclusions decide for yourself what happened like the ending to the thing mm-hmm. is like a great um example of that where yeah. like is child's a thing mm-hmm. is he not a thing like that that whole question i i love when it's like it leaves you thinking after the movie and you got to decide for yourself kind of make your own headcanon for the movie yeah. whether or not that's true it's only you know you can decide yeah um But you mentioned briefly earlier about Rupert Grint and how he's done a bunch of interesting things after Harry Potter. I don't think I've seen him in anything Mm -hmm. other than Harry Potter in this. And I was reading an article recently that said that he felt suffocated, I think was the word that they used, Mm -hmm. from the role as Ron in Harry Potter because he did it for so long. And I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that.
0: I feel like it's also very hard to come out of something like that because people are expecting like, that one thing from you. Yeah, they know you as this thing, and they'll always know you as Mm -hmm. this thing, no matter what. So, trying to go into, like, different genres or, like, different roles, people are just going to be like, oh, well, it's not Ron from Harry Potter, so it's Mm. not, it doesn't live up to your expectation. Right. So I can understand why it would feel suffocating, because you feel like you have to kind of surpass what you were in Mm -hmm. the biggest role of your life so uh yeah it's definitely a lot of pressure i would think
1: yeah i think he and uh daniel radcliffe have both kind of embraced weirder less mainstream roles (laughs) uh since harry potter they've used their fame to take on interesting projects that they want to be a part of not necessarily uh the popular mainstream things that they uh were in the spotlight with for so long.
0: He was also I just wanna point out that it's like a funny thing. He was in one of Ed Sheeran's music videos because <laughs> everyone always said that they look similar. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't think they look that similar to be honest. They, I they mean he had red both, hair. He yeah, had white guys with yeah, red hair. It's
0: <laughs> the only thing similar. Yeah. <laughs> but I just think it's funny that they like he was cast in that because they both thought it was <laughs> amazing.
1: Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the performances. Um, like, when, when some of these characters would get, like, teary-eyed and you'd see them get, like, emotional, like, you, you could actually, like, feel that, like, emotion. Yeah. Sometimes in movies you see that and you're just kind of like, oh, cry me a river, like, you can't actually buy it, but it was very believable from these actors. Yeah, they did a good job. absolutely. And even, like, being in that one location sort of set, the stakes felt very high for, for throughout the movie, and that's a testament to the actors and these performances. <laughs> uh i do think th- that you're right about how you uh, wishing that the movie would have been more ambiguous with the ending one of my gripes is how on the nose some of it is the ending is very you know spelled out for you and yeah. even like things <laughs> where one character is like they're the four horsemen of the apocalypse like, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's not, those aren't things that need to really be said right. like they don't need they don't need to hold our hands so much it's uh These are things that, you know, the viewer should be able to draw the connection to themselves. We don't need every little thing spelled out for us. It's funny because before they even mentioned that, I was like, are these guys supposed to represent the four horsemen of the apocalypse? But then the names of the four horsemen that they gave, I was like, those aren't the four horsemen of the apocalypse I'm familiar (laughs) with. So maybe I'm thinking (laughs) of different horsemen. I don't know. But they call them like nurturing, guidance, and like, what was it? Uh, Healing, nurturing, guidance, healing, and malice. Was that the other one? I think Malicia. Which I've never, ever heard the horse <laughs> of the apocalypse ever referred to as any of those. just, like,
0: different source words, I guess. Maybe, I'm not place. sure. They couldn't use the exact because it would be. Yeah. <laughs> Copyrighted.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> they had to make up their own. But it's actually funny that you say that, because my whole time reading the book, I, that didn't even come to mind. Like, I get it, the apocalypse for but I just thought they were
1: all crazy (laughs) (laughs) well in the book that's left up to your interpretation right
0: like they made it seem like they were just crazy people that met on some
1: forum yeah Yeah, yeah, exactly weird internet Reddit.
0: and it's actually when they do make that connection where um redmond who is actually o'bannon or whatever jeff o'bannon was the one who attacked um, was it Eric or Andrew that was attacked? Eric, right? Eric, Eric yeah.
1: No, yeah. no, 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 no. Andrew was attacked.
0: Andrew oh. was attacked yeah. in the bar um, years previously and how they were like, oh, this is just a setup. We were targeted. This guy doesn't like these people. Yeah, and, yeah he's a bigot. He's um, yeah. he something against gay people. So he yeah. just went on this site and you're just like oh this this and this and, and yeah. it was like oh i saw this too like putting the ideas out there so it really does leave it up to you to wonder if they were actually having these visions or if they were just reading these things and thinking like oh shit yeah that's true that's right
1: yeah and it's a, it's a nice parallel to yeah. the real world yeah. where people like reading blindly, information yeah. and taking it at facebook
0: blindly following anything they, that they see online thinking it will be true
1: there was one scene in the movie that really had me like wondering like wait a minute you know when like the tsunami is incoming and they have the person recording yeah and, like, <laughs> they get hit by the wave and the camera's going like Whoa, yeah. crazy i'm like how the fuck did they get that footage like, <laughs> were they live streaming a the tsunami, tsunami hitting? <laughs> to uh abc News. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: well maybe they got it from their uh iCloud. Yeah. No, they It were... was like, my family member was there. Let me check their iCloud. <laughs> they were in a
1: helicopter and dropped the ladder. <laughs> get the camcorder! Get the camcorder! Uh,
0: yeah, also the fact that that wave was coming in and they were just standing They're there just looking at watching. it. Hell no. If I see anything larger than like two, three feet, I'm actually <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, think, I think by oh, that no. point, even if you start running, you're pretty much screwed anyway.
0: Wouldn't you at least want to try? Yeah, I'm not saying Let don't Let me try. wait until it gets 30 feet above the my head and then if, start running. If away. you had a
1: wall of water 50 feet coming, you know, hundreds of miles per hour towards you, I don't think you're outrunning that.
0: So would you just stand there? No,
1: I'm not... I already said, might as well try, but I don't think it's going to matter. That scene made me think of uh, this movie called Take Shelter, um, starring Michael Shannon. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life and it's very uh ambiguous I've never I would heard say. Talk about it. It's well I, I know you won't, I know you won't like it. It's a it's a bit like slower paced and stuff. It's the kind of movie that you'll be like it's boring. <laughs> but uh it's the kind of movie I think Robert will really like. Um but the ending reminded me a, Well, not the ending but the t- the tidal wave scene reminded me of the ending of Take Shelter. And I kind of wish we were just watching that movie <laughs>
0: Maybe I'll have to watch it.
1: And... It's great. We should absolutely watch it. I would love to. It's so.
0: Maybe we can review that next
1: week. <laughs> was, was there a specific scene in this movie that stuck out to you guys as, like, really powerful? Or, like, you really enjoyed the scene? I... I don't... I would certainly wouldn't use powerful. <laughs> uh powerfully funny maybe but there's uh before one of the breaking news reports there's an infomercial oh, yeah. <laughs> for an air fryer and M. Night Shyamalan cameos is the guy who's going <laughs> to sell you all the air fryer and it was so funny to me I really loved it he's in some like most of his movies he has a cameo mm-hmm. and this was maybe my favorite cameo of his like, see how crispy the chicken <laughs> is? Uh, yeah,
0: I actually had no idea what he looked like. So I, once Kurt said that, I was like, oh, what, like, where did he show up <laughs> in this info?" I'm like, oh, I would have had no idea.
1: Uh, I know that M. Night use, like, 90s camera lenses to kind of achieve, like, an old-school thriller look throughout the movie. Interesting. And I loved uh, when the movie started... Uh, the Universal Pictures logo with, like, yeah, that was like the old school cool. Universal Pictures yeah. logo. And I really loved that. Uh, as for scenes that really stood out to me, um, <clears throat> I loved the scene of uh, Eric, Andrew, and Wynn singing in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very cute and uh, helps that connection resonate a little bit. Uh, I loved the opening scene. I loved it in the novel as well, with Leonard and Wynn just chatting with each other, sitting in the grass catching grasshoppers, and uh, a scene that's different from the book. Uh, Dave Batista's Leonard is sitting on the back porch. He wants to go outside. He's going to take his own life as a sacrifice, and... Uh, he's kind of peacefully telling them, you know, he's telling the truth. He views these people as friends. He's talking about uh, these kids that he teaches and how he wants the world to be a better place for them. And he's like, please make this sacrifice. Don't let all of this be in vain. Mm -hmm. And I thought he was fantastic in that scene. And even though that's different from the book, I thought it was pretty good. Pretty powerful. What about you?
0: Um, well, like I said, I feel like it would have been more impactful and powerful if they had held two to the book and when was the one that was killed on accident. I know that's kind of sucked up to say. <laughs> She's a seven-year-old girl, but...
1: <clears throat> Laura hates children.
0: <clears throat> no, I just feel like reading that book, literally my jaw dropped open. Yeah. I even remember reading it and I went into Kurt's room and I'm just like... When's fucking dead? Like <laughs> <laughs> what? I did not see it coming at all. Yeah, um, I had
1: to reread that passage. Yeah, like, like wait, wait a second. Did I, I, I actually think I did
0: go back and reread too. I'm like, wait, am I fucking reading this right? That she died? She's dead. Um, so I do think it would have been a lot more powerful if that were to happen. But at the scene where he's, where um, Eric is standing in front of Andrew, he's like, no, like it'll be me it's fine i love you guys yeah. i want to go out thinking of like your guys's future and how happy you guys made me and like that's you just hear the gunshot like yeah. you don't see it happen it just goes to like a blind oh, yeah. screen and then
1: interestingly enough if i recall correctly you don't actually see any of the deaths like happen it's kind of all yeah, no. off screen
0: you do see, like, some blood, but you do you not see, see, some see blood, any yeah. gore. Like, yeah. you, you don't see, like, any of that. You, hear, you yeah. like, hear mm-hmm. some of it,
1: but it's all, yeah. you know, just off camera.
0: But you still get that impact from, like, yeah. them dying. Because you can see, like, them dragging their bodies out and, like, having to wrap them in blankets or carpet or yeah. whatever and take them into the next room. So you still have the effect from it without actually yeah. seeing them physically die, mm. which is... Cool, I guess. Yeah,
1: I know Shemalan gets kind of uh, um, bullied a bit on the internet. <laughs> people really think he's a bad director, but he's made some of my personal favorite movies. The Sixth Sense is fantastic, Science is fantastic, Unbreakable is fantastic. Uh, I even really like The Village. I know a lot of people hate that movie. I really like it. And, you know, movies like Lady in the Water and The Happening aren't like good movies, but they're fun for me so uh
0: they do stick out though like the happening yeah the
1: happening's so bad but it's so much
0: fun Uh, the only thing like i'll think about this randomly you know when that guy gets hit by the car yeah but he ends up surviving but then he like picks up the broken glass off of the (laughs) road and just like starts yeah i'll randomly think about that and that's really weird so
1: (laughs) what are you trying to say (laughs) I, i don't know
0: i'm just saying like random even if they're not portrayed as like the best films, like they still stick with you. Yeah.
1: There's a scene in The Happening uh, that I've kind of Mandela affected myself on. <laughs> um One of the characters is like talking to Mark Wahlberg's character, he's like, Do you like hot dogs? And I remember like talking to my brothers, like joking about it, and Mark Wahlberg being like, Of course, I like hot dogs, duh. And that, like, I don't remember that's <laughs> just something we said to each other. <laughs> Or if that's actually a <laughs> line <laughs> in the movie. Should we so we're going to have to rewatch and it? it and see I mean, Of course, it like, hot dogs <laughs> in the movie? never seen The Happening. We should. We should get it. drunk. And that's the one where, like, the trees are releasing yeah. some type we're, of thing. It's make people the
0: dumbest goes. thing you've ever fucking yeah, seen. It so not well, well, like, be
1: the dumbest thing. I've seen some pretty dumb movies. You haven't seen The Happening. We've seen Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving. Well, okay, well, sure. I haven't seen Thanksgiving. But all this is to say that Shyamalan's direction in this movie is very good. Uh, I, I thought it was a very strong uh, performance from him behind the camera. I don't, I don't, the, the script itself was lacking a little for me, mm-hmm. but, uh, but the dialogue—he's got the book, a, then, yeah. So if they're
0: um, staying true to the book, I feel like you yeah. can't really be too mad at
1: it. That's true. But yeah, his direction was strong. Um, a typo in my little fact <laughs> sheet here. So, I was looking at your fact sheet, and um, you said that it w- the release date was moved up two weeks so that this wouldn't compete with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. And it's supposed to say Quantumania. <laughs> Quantumania. Quantumania. I just thought that was a little funny. But, um, also...
0: It's great that they did that because it would literally get blown out of the water if it had to compete with... And yeah.
1: But do you think in terms of quality, or in terms of just, you no, know, it's just, a Marvel movie, people have to go out Marvel and see it? Yeah, that's i yeah, it's are a Marvel movie, so
0: they're yeah. 100% going to see it's that It's going to be on so
1: many thing. screens, and... Yeah. So, uh, so smart are you guys excited movies. for that movie?
0: I've actually are, never seen any of the... I think I've seen, like, bits and pieces of the first one, but I've never seen any of them all the way through, so yeah. I'm wondering if maybe I need to, to actually know what's happening.
1: I... I don't know if I like, I'm going to, I'm going to watch it, but I, well, I, just,
0: like, I in the preview to this one, you see, like he has a daughter and like, all the yeah. so, like, I don't, I'm, we're obviously going to need to know that backstory. So mm-hmm. we're going to have to watch it.
1: it. It's just so tough because it's all connected to everything <laughs> yeah. now. And it's just, even though I do really enjoy some of the Marvel things, it's just so much work to stay yeah. caught up on all of it now that I fall behind.
0: Oversaturated.
1: Oversaturated, exactly. Did either of you guys watch Loki? No, no. <laughs> you did. Yeah.
0: I wish they would have made it into a film rather than a TV see- like and like really made it good. I heard the show wasn't yeah. that great, and if they like really put the effort, they would have into it like a Thor movie that they did Loki. They yeah. would have.
1: I heard good. for most people it was great, and then Rob watched it and told me that it wasn't great. Really <laughs> I don't think it was horrible, but I also don't think it like really stood out to me as something that like is a need to watch, like a must see. I guess if you're watching Marvel movies, you have to watch everything just to know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Kind of, anyway,
0: maybe if uh, M Night Shyamalan <laughs> directed it, would have been better. M Night Shyamalan's Ant Man, <laughs> <What? laughs> new thriller. Happy.
1: <laughs> um Okay, so I <laughs> was trying to think of a question to ask you guys. Uh, okay. To kind of close the episode out. We'll come back around to our ratings, but I wanna do this first. Alright. Um the first question that I came up with I eventually decided it was a little too dark and heavy. <laughs> it was, if we had to sacrifice one member of Admet 3 in order to save the world, <laughs> what you choose? Um, I... But I thought, I was like, I don't save themselves. but no. then I was like, what if they say me because I'm the one that's not blood-related? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. See, that, that question wouldn't work because um, literally all of us would say, no, oh, sacrifice yourself. I, but here's like, we'd the all thing. all sacrifice ourselves.
0: It would make more sense for me to go one... Robert has a kid. And next and two, question. No, shut up. <laughs> two, you have a wife, and I don't have a kid or any significant... But you have two of,
1: cats that would miss you. You
0: guys could take care of them. I don't want but to I'm do that. It would, <laughs> I'd rather die. It'll be in my will that you have to keep them. God damn no, it. No, um, the, the, like, the most logical thing would be for me to go out. All right. Well, thanks for answering the question. <laughs> 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 uh,
1: so <laughs> the alternative uh, idea I had I thought was fun... Uh this week Dave Batista was in the news because he said he'd love to star in a rom-com but doesn't think anyone will ask him to do it because quote he's a little rough around the edges. Hmm. Uh I thought it'd be fun for the three of us to give our quick pitches for a Batista starring romance flick. Dave, if you're listening, we've got you man. We're going to get you cast in a romance we flick. We
0: will get you signed.
1: 100%. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to happen. Uh, do you
0: want me to say mine first because I only said two things?
1: Yeah, sure, go okay. ahead. Yeah, mine's a bit longer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kurt wrote a whole script. I really script. felt my out here. <laughs> so, I know this is like nothing but If you were to think of like a really cheesy like movie poster about like the girl looking up to the the corner of the the poster like with a quizzical look on her face ah. and then the movie title is going to be something about dave cuz you know they don't want they don't want to cast dave so the mm-hmm. whole good movie is going to be about dave and then it's going to be starring dave batista and kate hudson and you know what hmm. it's going to be great. Is reunited <laughs> <laughs> they both were great in glass onion they're gonna be great in my film <laughs> <laughs>
1: what was the title of the movie again
0: something, something about, about
1: dave something about dave so this is like a literal like yeah. dave Batista playing dave batista uh-huh. well like he doesn't have to batista. be dave batista but
0: <laughs> he's gonna be dave in the film oh
1: i see okay dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> um my movie is called age of love
0: oh me, uh... i get it like the wwe yeah. well,
1: let me okay me, yeah you do me, let me let me, me. <laughs> <clears throat> dave batista stars as a professional wrestler named luke lightning aka the shocker during the biggest match of his career a cage match luke falls off the top of the cage and is forced into retirement by the injury he sustains while rehabbing his injury and clinging to his dream of a comeback Sparks fly between the shocker and his perpetually single nurse, played by Sandra Bullock, of course. I mean, and man. Luke Lightning realizes he was meant to be a lover, not a fighter, all along. The poster is Dave Batista, free-falling from the cage while the crowd watches him. <laughs> <laughs> Someone in the crowd is holding a pink sign that has the title Cage of Love painted in red letters with a heart beside it. And the tagline on the poster is, He's Falling.
0: You really put a lot into this. And I like how you used your... uh, Was that supposed to be like your... What's that guy called? In the center of the cage, like introducing them.
1: The ring announcer or whatever? Yeah, like the... This is my real voice, Laura. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) When you first told us about this question before we did this podcast, I knew immediately somebody was going to pick her to go with Dave Bautista. I was like, it's going to happen. It's got to be. I knew it was going to happen.
0: There's I do love it. her, but I can't picture them together.
1: Well, just wait for my matchup. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably even more unbelievable. Let's hear it. Uh, so my pitch was Dave Bautista and Natalie Portman. Dave Bautista is an ex-gang kingpin, and he's trying to reform his life after some tough you know, event. Maybe he went to prison, maybe he lost a family member, whatever. He's trying to reform himself. And he finds this woman, they fall in love, but his past, his troubled past is following him. They want him to, you know, stay in the gang, keep leading the their gang or whatever. It's your typical, you know, quirky comedy romance movie, and then twist <laughs> the at games. the end twist at the end, Natalie She's Portman She's is back. actually a rival gang leader. Oh wow. man. But they still fall in love and they decide to to end the beef. They squash the beef. It's like Romeo That's and Juliet. It.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. Someone has to make this. Someone has
1: to make it. Well, speaking of things that have to get made, when I was going over this question in my own movie with Sherry, my wife, uh, your sister. sister. (laughs) (laughs) You know your sister, Sherry? uh, She had this idea that the movie should be about Dave Bautista going to his agent and wanting to cast a <laughs> rom-com. And so they tried to set up all these different rom-com movies with different actresses who were known for being in rom-com movies. Mm-hmm. And eventually he falls in love with one of them. And that is what the movie ends up being about. And I was like, holy shit, yeah. this is so meta and perfect. Yeah. This should happen. This should be greenlit <laughs> right now. It's very so, self-aware.
0: Now Dave Bautista has to star in all three of these films. Someone yeah. needs to write them. All four? No. my I didn't, even, I didn't even make a whole thing. I no, just, who cares? No. I didn't
1: either. I just came up with that on the spot. <laughs> I know,
0: but that was great. That would actually be... I feel like that would be a great film.
1: I want to watch all of them. Yeah. At this I point, I want to watch anything with Dave Bautista, Kate Hudson, Sandra Bullock, Natalie You know Korman.
0: what? I feel like you should write the, s- the script to each of these movies and then...
1: She's we signing just, up for a lot of work. We need to get M. Night Shyamalan uh, I was to say, I direct think, all of I them. I want M. Night Shyamalan to write and direct all of <laughs> them. <movies. laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that would be great. Um, I'd watch them. Yeah, Dave Batista, we've got you. You'll be in a romance film this time next year. Hopefully I it.
0: three or four. Oh, He'll, be on, a, he'll yeah.
1: definitely be in a lot of movies next year. I don't know about romance, maybe, maybe not, but...
0: Well, that's what we're trying to achieve. It'll be rom-com. We're, trying to
1: achieve. <laughs> we're going to be the force behind a Batista <laughs> getting a rom-com role. We are. It's the power yeah. of manifestation. <laughs> the
0: power of admit 3, baby.
1: <laughs> so, uh... And what do you guys want to do the final scores for sure. Knock at the Cabin? Yeah. A.K.A. The Cabin at the End of the World, which was the better title. <laughs> um,
0: do you want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Um I would give it a 3 out of 5. I thought it... I liked that it stayed mostly true to mm-hmm. the book. Um, but I just really wish they would have stayed a hundred percent throughout because it would have been a lot um, a lot more impactful if they did that. So I mean, i didn't I didn't hate it, but I didn't really give that punch mm-hmm. to want me to give it higher than a four because <laughs> that's <laughs> hard for me to do. Yeah. So a solid three for me.
1: yeah, uh, I actually agree. There were certain scenes that I felt this is you know this is really good. Uh, I was thinking maybe three point five, but by the end of the film, really settled into a three. It's just a solid, you know, straightforward mm-hmm. sort of thriller. Uh, if it was like on TV or something, and I was looking at the channels, I wouldn't mind yeah. catching it on TV. is fine. Uh, didn't think it was great or special, but it's it's good. It's just like solid good. Sometimes that's okay. Three out of five. It's serviceable. Um.
0: Robert rated it a zero. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like I'm really copping out here because I also am giving it a three out of wow. five. I think this might be the first movie we've all wow. unanimously I agreed, agreed well, on. Uh, three. No, wait, to gives no, it a three. A three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Violent Night last year, I think we all gave a four, yeah. but we weren't doing. Yeah. Did we? I thought the we podcast. gave it a four point five. No, I
0: gave it a four point five.
1: I think we all gave it a four.
0: No, I said so that I really like that movie no because I gave glass on you 4.5 so Ooh. yeah it was a four
1: okay either way yeah I, I give this movie a three um there's a couple issues I had with it like the the ending being too completely straightforward I would have liked it to be a little bit more ambiguous to leave it up to the viewer to come up with their own conclusions and also the set being so restricted um that can work in some movies, but I feel like because it was so restricted, the pacing felt a little bit off at some points in the movie. Yeah. But overall, I thought the performances were really good. Um, I like the premise of the, the movie. And I thought there were some, some cool scenes in the movie, too. So, I'd give it a 3 out of 5. It's it's viewable. I probably wouldn't mind watching it again, but I don't think it's you know extravagant in any way, shape, or form. Yeah.
0: Like Kurt said, if it was playing and not, there was nothing else to watch, yeah. we'd like fine to have in
1: the background. But... Alright. Well, those are our thoughts on Knock at the Cabin and the rom-coms that Dave Batista should star in and uh, <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp and whatever the hell else we talked about.
0: <laughs> Here's a question for you guys. If this situation were to occur between you and whoever you went on vacation with...
1: Who would you sacrifice? <laughs>
0: do, you, do you guys think you would be able to come to a conclusion and make a sacrifice, or if you would just be like, y'all are crazy, whatever happens, happens. Let us know.
1: So, in this situation, it's like completely unknown whether or not these people are crazy, or...
0: Right. In the book, you okay. have no idea whether or not what they're saying <clears throat> is actually true, or yeah. if it's just a coincidence that these things are happening. Um, because, like you said in the... Uh, well, like you said. Like they said in the movie and the book, some of these things happened prior and he was mm-hmm. checking his watch, so it could have very well been they mm-hmm. already knew this stuff was happening. Right. And they were just timing it perfectly so that it would work out in this way. Yeah. So, okay. you never know.
1: So take what the intruders are saying at face value and <laughs> <laughs> make a choice. Kill your spouse, kill your kids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, you already heard it here first. <laughs> well... We'll see you next time. Don't forget to tune in on
1: Wednesdays. Wednesday. Wednesday. I'm very excited for this next episode of The Last of Us. I think that we're in for a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Um, I know. Last episode, you said Kurt that it's like the best one in the season, or at least a lot of people online. Yeah, this is what people said. Yeah. Season. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think maybe we're gonna get even better. Blindsided. I mean, like it might go uphill.
0: Ooh, yeah. Well, it's, it's
1: been very consistently yeah. great so far. Yeah, so uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. And I that will see, drop on Monday. I'd love to see more. Well, that will drop on Wednesday. This episode is releasing on Monday.
0: Monday. So why did you say Wednesday, Kurt?
1: Wednesday is the Last, the Last of, of us. us. You said we
0: weren't talking about the Last of Us. Then. You said
1: tune in on Wednesday for I, the Last of Us. That's how awesome. I bet i thought this wednesday is a- anyway <laughs> tune, in, tune in on wednesday for the last of us uh thank you guys for listening <laughs>
0: monday and wednesday you'll you'll have us both yeah day. you'll hear something <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey guys be sure to follow us on social media we are at admit three pod on youtube tiktok twitter and instagram